And this week, we're going to be recapping Kenobi, the epic Star Wars show, six episode run, just ended on Disney Plus with the release last Wednesday at 2 a.m. So if you have not seen this series in its entirety, I would not encourage you to listen to this episode. We're going to be spoiler conversations the whole way through. So if you're worried about that, plan on watching it in any case, or just haven't caught all the way up and haven't watched the last couple of episodes, do not listen to this because we're going to open with talking about the finale and spoilers. So save this and come back at a later date if that's you. If not, let's get ready. We're going to be recapping the whole thing. So that's next. All right, David. So we've already talked about this on the pod once. We talked about it after episode four. And then I think both of us can agree that the last two episodes were the best in the series so far. Absolutely. Yep. Um, so immediate reaction after the finale finished. How did you feel about it? Dude, I sat there and like with like for like 10 seconds. I just was in awe. Didn't say anything. I was just it like insane. Like it's complete. You know what I mean? Like they did, they did what we were hoping they would do. And it was just nice to sit in that moment, satisfied with the, with the Star Wars film. Yeah. I think more than anything, <laughs> what I would say, I don't know if it's a film. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I know. <laughs> but I think more than anything, the, the goal of the show was, you know, you could say there was a smaller tertiary goals about bringing back characters and giving some of what the fans, what they wanted. But I think the goal was to fill in this, huge gap that we had had in the star wars timeline from the prequels to the original trilogy and obviously we've had shows that have kind of covered that rebels has done that bad batch both of those are animated shows but we don't really get a lot of what happens with obi-wan what happens with vader and what happens with luke and leia and this show was trying to kind of fill in everything so you understand where we are from the end of revenge of the sith to the opening of A New Hope. And I think it did a good job of that. How do you feel about that? Oh, I absolutely think uh, it did a, a good good job on that. And we, we're going to talk about this a little bit later. But, you know, before these two episodes dropped, these last two episodes dropped, we were like, man, I hope that, really hope there's another season. I want more of this. I want I want to see more. Mm-hmm. But now, we're, now I'm sitting here and, you know, we're going to talk about this more, but does it need a second season? Yeah, you know I, I mean? don't, I don't know. Um, I, I just, I thought it wrapped up so nicely in the end of setting us on the path to where we were going to be in a new hope that, I mean, I'm sure they could do a second season, but it, I, I don't feel that it's necessary. It's not like the ending left me hanging, wanting more, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, I mean, obviously I'd enjoy it if they made more, but like, I think they can, they did what they were wanting to do. I think they did what they're, uh, hoping and setting out to do in this series. And I, I'm satisfied. I know. I mean, it's Star Wars and the fans. There's always going to be people that are not happy with Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but yeah. I, I think they did an exceptional job with especially wrapping the show up. Yeah. So uh, let's get into some specific talks. First, uh, I want to ask you about your favorite moment. What was your favorite moment in this series? Um, I know mine. Mine's easy to recall, but what's yours? For me, it has to be when they finally meet in episode six and fight. Mm-hmm. I think I think we talked about this like you were that was one of your goals like man I hope we just get like a flashback and a fight and they did that and I mm-hmm. think in episode six in in those in those what uh, I can't remember what they were on what planet 
Do you remember? I don't even know if they named it. I don't know okay. if they named that planet. I really don't. But just in those in those pillars and, and when they I love how they shoot at night. They shot at night so often it was beautiful. But just the fight between them and really you're like, okay, so Darth Vader obviously like is alive, so he's probably gonna win this fight. So you know he gets uh, Obi Wan gets crushed by the rocks, and you're like, dang, that was a good fight, but that's the end. Well, it obviously isn't the end. And uh, you know Obi Wan thinks of first of all Leia, but then he begins to think of other moments and stuff like that. And he uh, just came and Padme, yeah. He just goes bonkers, and we finally get to see like Obi Wan at his full strength. We 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 finally get to see him mm-hmm. peak. He, he remembers it. He, he's with the force and just this incredible fight scene between him and Darth Vader. And, mm-hmm. and then I think for me, the peak of it, not the fight's not even the peak for me. The fight is that, that conversation right after he's cracked open Darth's uh, mask and yes. like, he begins to cry and he, he's like, I'm sorry, Anakin. Like, I'm sorry, you know, and, and the way that Anakin responds, the way that, they did the red and blue lightsabers and how it like reflected yeah, the, and how the casting and like the purple along the shadow of his face and the voice yeah. modulator going in and out with Hayden Christensen. Oh. And, uh, and, uh, oh my gosh, who's uh, Darth Vader's voice? Uh, James Earl Jones. Like it was, yeah, it kept switching mixing. back and forth. Yes. That yes. conversation it was peak for the entire show for me. And I was crying through it the whole time. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that was the most well acted segment of the whole show it's easy to do you know acting in those i don't want to say it's easy but it's easier to notice how good they are but like yeah you could see the emotion you can feel it whenever uh, obi-wan is saying like i'm sorry i failed you and Mm -hmm. then hayden's like you kind of thought for a second that vader was going to like accept obi-wan a little bit and then he turned he's like you didn't kill anakin skywalker you didn't destroy anakin skywalker i destroyed anakin skywalker oh and like, baby. it was is so good and that that um that's just such <laughs> a good way to vader is is easy and both really difficult to humanize and that mm-hmm. is such a good way to humanize him is making it so you can see his face and you think that oh there's a sliver that's anakin in there that's anakin in there that's the person we know he'll see obi-wan they'll have this connection obi-wan doesn't want to kill him and then you then you realize that no there's no more left there's no more anakin left he's killed anakin it's just vader now it's so good and enough enough hating christensen slander because he balled off in this show he did this is what happens when he has good writing Yep. You know, and he's also got 20 more years acting experience, but still, you know, good writing is, it makes you look better when you're acting. Mm-hmm. Man, just how it, it was works. so good. Well, what was your favorite moment? Um, I just, I mean, that's probably it, but just to say something a little different, it's, it's the end of five. Um, the, I think an underrated moment that's really heartbreaking was when Reva was talking to Obi-Wan when they were on opposite sides of the door into the cave. And she's like, where were you? Where were you when he was killing my friends? Like that's, that was so tough. And I think they did a really good job wrapping up Reva's character, but I, I, I'm a sucker for any cool Darth Vader moment and having him force hold a ship from taking off and then rip it out of the sky and rip it to pieces. And then directly after that fight, Reva so nonchalantly 
like he he does not care you know he's not even using his lightsaber she wasn't even worthy for him to draw a saber he was dodging using the force and then broke or destroyed her saber broke it in half so he had two i thought she was gonna get decapitated i'm not gonna lie and then he kind of stabbed her in the stomach which i didn't love but he's so petty was he's so, so petty and, and you can say a lot about the way that disney handled the sequels in star wars but the way that they've handled vader so far and the way that they've used him as a character is very good and i yeah. think was even good in the sequels with the way that he was not remembered by kylo as a person that turned at the end but like this kind of supreme almost godlike being of sith that kylo aspired to be that even like his helmet was sacred to kylo and like nobody will ever become vader vader is the ultimate goal i think disney does such a good job with having reverence to that kind of villain and it was really cool to see that in the show yeah that's a really good point i uh real real quick to revisit reva you think they had him finish her like that just because of the mirror of her as a kid as a youngling getting stabbed in the stomach you think that's why they did that yeah i think it's the same i think like darth it, yeah. vader's like reminding her like Hey, remember yeah, this? I think you know? it was the same sort of thing. And that's, he knew that would have the most effect on her, which I also think was funny that you, there were like the whole, I think a lot of the criticism around the show and its plot lines was how the heck is Reva being allowed to do this? Like, why is the Grand Inquisitor allowing Reva to act like this? Why is Vader allowing Reva to act like this? Like the Vader we know should just kill Reva, but the Jedi hunt themselves. That's what they say at the beginning of the show. And Reva throughout the entire show is not just hunting Obi-Wan, she's hunting herself. And that's what Vader wanted. And really she revealed point. herself. And then, you know, Vader's all about doing the most damage. He's not about efficiency. Vader doesn't like blowing up planets with the Death Star. He wants to do it himself. You know, he wants to be the cause. He wants to be the one that people fear. And that's why he did this. Especially when it comes to... Uh, Kenobi because even the Grand Inquisitor kind of disagrees at the end like you know we should do it this a different way and he's like stay here like Kenobi's mine you know yeah he, he always wants to do it especially with Kenobi he's very driven uh you know to finish it himself yeah I mean he's a character from the beginning little Anakin Skywalker was driven by emotion and at the end you know he could have stopped the underground network that was saving the Jedi throughout the galaxy but at the end Vader always goes back to what he was as a kid He's always that little boy driven by emotion, driven by anger. And he was driven by anger and he wanted to get Kenobi. So is, it, is this the best Darth Vader we've seen on the screen? It's so hard to say that. I, I don't think so. Just because I think that the way that he was handled in Empire Strikes Back is absolutely the best for me villain in a movie ever because he's so menacing and that and you still feel like you know so little about him and even when he's confronted like he's toying with luke their entire duel and just cuts off his hand and then has the reveal that he is luke's father which is the biggest reveal in movie history but mm -hmm. also like the little moment where han shoots a blaster at him and you're like oh what happens here and vader just puts his hand out and just deflects it with his hand just gets hit in the hand like he doesn't care He's he would like at that moment, he's so intense and so overbearing that 
it's terrifying. So I don't know if it can top that, but they did that really good job with Vader in this series. They obviously could have just ended with the action piece, really sick action, this and that, you know, and, and one or the other wins. But I love how they not only exposed his face, such kind we talked about, but they just gave, you know, Ewan McGregor his like, just um, the, the, the chance to just be emotional and to be like deep down, like the ability mm-hmm. to apologize and try to fix things, not with, mm-hmm. you know, his powers, not with the force, but like with his words and what the fr- what friendship he thought he had. You know, I just loved that quick little yeah. moment that they gave us. It was really beautiful. Yeah, I I like that at the end, they didn't have him just like fly in and save Luke mm-hmm. and like duel Reva to the death and then kill her and save Luke. And I also love the way that they handled like his relationship with Leia progressing um, throughout to where Leia was like unable to be separated from him with how much she loved him and cared about him and was worried, feared for his life. Like, again, we can't praise the actress who was playing Leia enough. Like one of the mm. best child acting performances in a show I think I've ever seen. Yeah, She was so good. And, you know, you could feel that and they were letting you and yeah, shine in those moments with his acting talent. Um, and even the, I mean, maybe my favorite moment is when he just says hello there to, oh. to Luke at the end. You know, I love that that's the last around. thing he says. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all full circle. And it's, it's so cool, the joy on his face when he gets to say that line. I feel like Ewan McGregor was like, he knew that everybody's like memed that line into oblivion. And he was like, this is going to be fun when I get to we say this say again. This. Yeah. And then he, hello there. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I think a really, great. I think a really beautiful moment too, is when he's talking to Leia there at the end. And he's like, you know, these are characteristics that you are. And this is where you got, these are from your mom. And these are characteristics mm-hmm. that you are that are from your dad. I think that was a really cool touch on the end of that show um mm-hmm. another part you're like almost about to tear up um yeah so yeah. yeah i i think me personally i think they handled the show as a whole well but i think five and six they really just did a very very good job with it mm-hmm. yeah and i think that that's again the the benefits of of waiting and seeing and not judging a show because it's crap before mm-hmm. you get to see the final arc and they were trying to bring things to fruition and we're such an immediate I even suggested they should drop it on streaming all at once because people would like it more. But we're such an immediate, like we can't wait for arcs to develop. We need to be satisfied now immediately. And I think that the show just rewarded people that, you know, kind of tried to wait and hold judgment until the end. So, yep. Yep. All right, let's go to the like overall show's impact. Uh, We hinted at this already, but how does this show specifically change the way you look at A New Hope? I think... I mean, I really think they did a good job. I think it really is just pretty crisp the way this just flows right into a new hope. And now, like, the show's got me wanting to rewatch it all. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, one not only has it got me like in that Star Wars mood and like the, you know, developed and involved in the characters, but like now I just want to see how it does connect, you know, and see how smooth the transition is. But based on kind of what I'm remembering, I, I think they did a very good job of going right into. Uh, a new hope and setting us up for that movie i mean what are your thoughts on that i think that this makes um just makes the plea for help more impactful leia is like help me ben kenobi you're my only hope like that just means more now that you've seen the show and even at the end of the show he says to her like i don't know we may see each other again and you realize they never do Mm. because 
whenever they go to rescue Leia from the Death Star, Kenobi goes off to fight Vader early on and is never with the group that rescues Leia. She sees him from a distance, but they never reunite. You know, they never see each other again, which makes the moment when they fly off after Ben's death way more impactful because she's consoling Luke. But also she had to be grieving herself now with this recent revelation because she spent a significant amount of time and went through a lot of trauma and was saved by Obi-Wan. So, you know, just, just seeing that, I think makes, it makes that more emotional for me, which I think mm-hmm. is a really cool thing that the show did. Yeah. Um, so uh, with it, obviously we, I think have complained a couple of times on this podcast specifically about the fact that they keep staying within the Skywalker saga with all the Star Wars projects that they're making. You know, everything has to be within episode one and episode nine. Nothing takes place outside of that. So we're always trapped by these characters. And it's been a lot of conversations about whether these shows are worth it, like, because we're only exploring a small amount of time. For example, the book of Boba Fett, we can't do too much crazy stuff happening with it because we know that the events of episode seven have to come in 15 years, Mm -hmm. right? So do you think that this show even though it fits in that realm, is still a worthy addition to the canon. Uh, absolutely, I, you know, you may you may convince me, but this might be the most necessary show that they've made in, in, mm-hmm. in regards to the canon and and how it relates. Because I think, right, we wanted to see a Darth Vader Kenobi duel. We've wanted to see Kenobi at his peak. We've wanted to know how does Leia and Luke, how does that end up? How do the relationship build between Kenobi and Leia? All these different things we've been wanting, like our imaginations kind of filled that, right? Because we've not seen it. Well, and I think with this show, they were able to answer this, a lot of those questions and kind of fill the gaps in your brain of, you know, the story that you'd built. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they filled a lot of that for us. And now I think it's just really satisfying to, to know, you know, how at least how they did it to know, this is, this is what took place between those, those two. So that's, that's, those are my thoughts. I think that this is what I would categorize the Rogue One of Star Wars TV shows in that I don't know how I felt about the necessity of it going into it, but after I come out of it and watching it and understanding that it fills in a lot of the gaps that were left um, between the prequels and the original trilogy and in Rogue One's case, between how the events at the end of the original trilogy played out. Um, And I think that this show does kind of the same thing that Rogue One did in that it fills in a lot of those gaps and makes a lot of those things make more sense for you. And with the addition of it being really good, because Rogue One, I think, is also really good. And Mm -hmm. so this was uh, just a welcome addition for me, and I I really enjoyed it. So I absolutely I think it's I think it's tough before you see this, like, okay, do we need this information? I think we already know, like, you know, we filled it in, we got it. Yeah, yeah. Well, then I think you dive into this Rogue One or you dive into this TV show and you realize, man, there's a lot of space that did happen and there's a lot of information to be learned. And we, you know, when it's done well, like Rogue One, like this show, um, you realize, man, like that, I did need that and I didn't know it, you know? Right, right, exactly. I think, I think you're exactly right in that you can look back. There's like a lot of people have complained about plot holes in the sequel and stuff. The original trilogy is littered with them because George only intended on making one movie. You know, you can see through the dialogue that George did not intend on uh, Luke and Leia being 
brother and sister. That's, that's evident when you watch the first movie uh, and the second movie, really. <laughs> a, a lot of this stuff is, is really apparent. Um, and there's even plot holes going back to the prequels. Leia says in the original trilogy that she remembers bits of her mother, mm-hmm. which is not possible because Padme dies in childbirth. So mm-hmm. like that's, that, that doesn't make sense. But I think that this show does a good job of filling in some of the pretty gaping, I think, plot holes and just gives us a deeper understanding of the relationships heading into A New Hope, which I think is important. So I think the one thing that we forgot to mention that I want to bring up, and I'm just remembering it now, which is why it sounds like it's off topic. I always thought that Luke lost the kind of decision when you think about where him and Leia were sent. You know, Leia was sent to Alderaan. Yes, this planet eventually gets destroyed. But when you're looking at their childhoods, Leia grows up in a court. Leia grows up as a princess. Leia grows up with power and influence and help and a clearly loving family. And you're looking at Luke and you're like, "Uh, I don't know about that. But episode six of Kenobi reinforces why Owen and Baru were a great choice. Baru's like, yeah, an Inquisitor's coming. Stay strapped, get clapped. I got a gun. Like, I'll kill her. Like, no, no. Yeah, I was like, bro, she's boy. crazy. Does she know who she's about to face? You know? And, and Owen is so protective. He's like, that's my son. That's my child. It, it makes a lot more sense. You think that, you know, Luke lost out. But I think that what the show was trying to tell us is that, yeah, Luke was on a less desirable location, but he was with people that loved him, which is all that mattered. Mm. Yeah. Which I thought was yeah, really that- cool. Yeah. Again, it's like, I didn't know I needed that. And you, you hit that moment and you're like, man, that's powerful. Like, I didn't know, like I needed to experience that and kind of plug that into my Star Wars viewing. So yeah, no, I yeah. completely agree. Because now their deaths, you know, they die early on in A New Hope. And it's one of the most disturbing scenes in the original trilogy is they can just see the charred remains of their bodies. Mm-hmm. And now you're thinking about it with the characters that were introduced now. I don't think Owen and Baru just went out silently. You know, I bet Baru was trying to shoot some stormtroopers mm-hmm. when she died, yeah. which I, I think it just makes those moments more impactful. Okay. So how do you feel Kenobi stacks up with the other star Wars shows? Um, specifically, I want to talk about the live action ones. Cause I don't, you haven't seen the animated shows. I don't think. Uh, I'm in the process of the Clone Wars, but that's about it. Okay. So how does this stack up to Book of Boba and The Mandalorian? Um, it's, I, I like it better than Boba Fett. No offense, Boba Fett. I think it's, it's better than that. Um, I think it's pretty easy, pretty easy choice. Yeah, yep. I think it's not as easy when it comes to The Mandalorian. Um, because I feel like we're getting a lot more in The Mandalorian, but... Mm-hmm do these quick six episodes have more of an impact in my eyes? You know, so that's like the question I got to answer of like, mm-hmm. am I more satisfied? And there's this answering more questions for me in Kenobi, but Mandalorian, I'm getting a lot more just beautiful moments and awesome scenes. And it's, we're, you know, more seasons and more episodes. So this is, this is tough. I think, I think Mandalorian is, is still ahead for me. Mm-hmm. simply because of the amount that we've had really i would say kenobi has two or three episodes that would be probably better than mandalorian you know but yeah. mando overall has just been a consistently high quality show um for two seasons 
And uh, I think for that reason, it, it, it edges out uh, Kenobi for me. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you. Um, I really, I think, yeah, Book of Boba Fett, like that was fine. It was enjoyable, but it, but it was, if we're being honest, the best episodes were when it wasn't focused on Boba Fett. Like it, when it was a Mandalorian show was when that show was the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really enjoyed the, the Kenobi season. I think the six episodes has to impact it a little because yeah, you got so much more Mandalorian and um, that just makes it obviously easier to like it. But if, if I'm going back and I'm even thinking about the moments that I love from the Mandalorian versus the moments that I love for Kenobi, I think that while the, there's more, there's just more of them in the Mandalorian, and also, like, if we're speaking about hype Star Wars moments, the Vader-Obi-Wan fight, for me, is still just below Luke's entrance in the mm-hmm. season two finale of The Mandalorian. Because that was, like, something we'd been clamoring for forever and had never really gotten to see cool Luke on screen. Like, we, we did, but we never got to see full power Luke on screen, and then we get to see it. And that was just insane. Also, for me personally, getting to see Ahsoka come live action as well uh, from animated was really cool. So I think I would barely put the Mandalorian ahead, but I think they're I think they're right there neck and neck. And we'll see, you know, that maybe there's a season two of the show and it edges it out, or we just we know we're getting a season three of Mandalorian coming next year. So that's crazy. I lo- they just keep going with it. I love it because it's like Mando's not in. This, the movies this mandalorian is not in the movie so it's like they really could do whatever they want to, to a certain extent obviously mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. really go as long as they want which is kind of exciting well and then it, it's setting up the possibility of you know at the end is is grogu gonna meet up with like ray are they gonna film stuff that happens after nine where grogu like searches out the galaxy for ray or are they gonna kill grogu Cause I got to do something with him because dude has a long lifespan and will still just like be a kid ish around when the sequel trilogy ends. So that that's all just, I think really, really interesting, but yeah, I agree. It's, it's wild how you think about, you know, three years ago, nobody knows who this Mandalorian character is. And now people are cheering when he returns to screens, you know, that whenever, his music hit at the end of that one episode of the book of Boba Fett, like people lost their minds. That's, that's so cool. What they've been able to do is create this fan favorite character from a guy who doesn't really talk much and never shows his face. Yeah. And he's become a fan favorite. So that's awesome. So I think Kenobi's under, but Mandalorian is still the top dog. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, we kind of talked about this. Will there be, will there be a season two? And do you think there should be? Um, you see, I, 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 think that they're going to look at it a lot i don't know they i have no idea if there's going to be a season two i would say there doesn't need to be i think i don't know what they would do fine i think especially the ending with qui-gon being revealed as a force ghost to obi-wan and then like obi-wan clearly going off and probably going to train and have conversations with qui-gon i don't really know how well that fits into a full-scale show format because there'd have to be another like I don't want to say action centric plot, but there'd have to be some other big plot. And we at least need some time for Kenobi to be a hermit. Um, and I guess develop a little bit of a relationship with Luke because Luke clearly knows Ben by mm. the beginning of a new hope, but I would say it's not necessary. What about you? I don't think so either. And I think um, for all, all the points that you mentioned and just 
Darth Vader talking to, you know, Palpatine and I guess the Sith Lord at this point, he's not really Palpatine anymore. Um, well, he is. But, he's Emperor Palpatine now. Well, that's true. Dude, I, oh, side subject. How did no one know? How did no one know? I don't know. But I, okay. I don't know. The, <laughs> Yoda and Mace Windu were asleep at the wheel for years. That's just, okay. that's all I got to say. But yeah, I don't, I think they left it off at a really good point. And we talked about this last week, but like as much as it pains me to say, because more Star Wars, usually is good Star Wars, but like good shows know when to end it. And I think they did a good job of ending it. What I do want and what I will protest to get is I want a Darth Vader spinoff show with Hayden Christensen. That'd be <laughs> hype. That'd be so hype. How far are you willing to take this protest? That's the question I have. Like everyone, I like tweet about it and I'll put something on my story and then okay, we'll be good. Yeah, I could actually, okay. I could, I could write an email to Disney. They might read yeah. it. Yeah, go ahead and find Kathleen Kennedy's email address and be like, hey, just in case you haven't thought of making a Darth Vader show, I'll yeah, you 20 I, bucks. <laughs> I think I would like more Vader. I think it would be better as a movie though. Hmm. I, I, I've been saying this has been my idea for a long time. Um, and I don't know how foreseeable it is but drop vader on a planet that the empire is having to take over but is the resistance for the empire's takeover is being led by a jedi or something one of the jedi that survived the order and show me from both sides what it's like for vader to be on a full-scale planet assault trying to take over a world for the empire and then just put vader on a battlefield and print let dollar bills i guess like yeah. yeah so that's what i want but i agree i think we i think we'll probably get more hayden christensen as vader um with something in the future and i think he's been rumored to appear in the ahsoka show in flashbacks hmm. i did not with, know that with a younger ahsoka which i think that show is coming out in 2023 i believe they've started filming it i think I'm not a hundred percent sure about that, but something is going on in that avenue. So, and I will say, I don't know about you know a spinoff or a movie, but I, with pretty much high certainty, can say if they do Darth Vader, Hayden Christensen will get the role. You know, I don't know if they're going to do something, but if they do something, I, I'm pretty confident. I think we can say that they're going to call Hayden Christensen uh, to continue doing that role because I, yeah, again, Episode you, Three, he did sorry. well, and then. Can you so, hear the dog that was just yeah, dying? Like, okay. Sound like sound like he was getting killed. I apologize to everybody for whatever just occurred on the audio, but yeah, somebody that dog does that every day. I hate it, but yeah, it happens. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. I was just saying, like you know, they may not do something, but if they do, with his performance in episode three and his performance in this show, I think Hayden's going to get the call again. Yeah, and he even reportedly bulked up for the role and stuff and and like was trying to physically prepare himself to play vader and i don't i i i gotta believe that he's in this ahsoka show and is going to be in future stuff so we'll see what they announce they're kind of keeping themselves closed he could be up make an appearance in the andor show i don't know if that would make sense but that's coming out later this year which which should be exciting that that show looks like it's going to be good so yeah i don't any more thoughts any more thoughts on kenobi or are we good to to wrap this bad boy up. I think we've said what we need to say. I just, um, I know when we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, like, I know you were like, 
really just concerned and trying not to be because you're like I just really like is it you're I think I could tell you were like is it too much to ask just to get just you know a fight some flashbacks some mm -hmm. this really big fight scene you know and mm -hmm. we I even said like it's gonna happen but I wasn't sure obviously like I was kind of hoping so it's mm -hmm. just really nice on this end of it to be able to sit here and be like like they did what we were hoping they would do you know and it might have been a complete fan service in the last two episodes but it was good and I think I'm happy right. sitting here like we I was satisfied with the show and they did it in a way that makes sense they didn't shoehorn it in it felt like it made sense with the plot and I think that that was important so yeah I'm very pleased with it absolutely well this has been the OB oh what's up no I was gonna do the outro but I remember that's your job so <laughs> You're good. go ahead Press practice this Nathan <laughs> uh, th this has been the Obi-Wan Kenobi recap of episode 17. Thank you all for listening. Next episode, we will be talking about some 4th of July movies, some must-watch, patriotic, and in intense movies. So, yeah, don't go anywhere. Or you, I mean, it's not coming out in until the end of the weekend, so you, you could theoretically go somewhere and then come back and listen to it. But, yeah. Okay. Bye, everyone.